Lights. Marker. Acción. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the group. We're so glad to have you guys back for our group film discussion of. Can I say one of the greatest movies of all time? Is that is that allowed? Can I, I say that? I think that's going a little too far. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I love this movie. I'll start saying that. Okay. All right. Well. If you, listener, are like anything like us, and you're also recovering from the latest cruise missile strike, because that <laughs> missile never misses. It hit us. I like that. That's good. Today we're talking about Top Gun Maverick, and boy, have we got a lot to talk about. But before we get into it, let's start with everybody's favorite segment. It's story time with Andy. Andy, what do you got for us? I don't think this is anybody's favorite segment. Not even my mom, but... Um, okay, so question, question for you guys. What emotions or thoughts come to you when you hear, you hear the following lines? I'm going to read this from one of our favorite movies, I think. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are, are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. What comes to mind? What, what emotions or feelings does that provoke? Mm. Um, awesomeness, fear. Oh, right, awesomeness. Yeah. Um, admiration. It's something that I would say to like scammers that call from different parts of the world. Intimidation. Okay. Well, I love that line. For me, that was the highlight of a movie and an entire movie franchise. But it turns out Liam Neeson thought the line was corny. And that Taken would be a straight-to-video film. <laughs> he hated it so much that he asked the entire scene to be cut during the shoot. No wow. way. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> Thankfully, it did not get cut. And it is, as I said, the signature uh, moment, I think, of the film and of the, the three films, the franchise. Um, I think if you mention Taken to anybody, that is immediately what would pop that's, into yeah, their head. That's, that's the line. That's the line. And yeah. the scene that they, everyone remembers. They used it on the movie poster. I'm pretty sure it was a picture of Liam Neeson, and it said, I will find you, I will kill you. Yeah. yeah. Really? It yeah. was a great, great line, and it is one of the most quoted movie lines of the last 20 years. <laughs> so it just goes to show, sometimes even intelligent actors, their gut can be wrong. You know, we yeah, all yeah. have... Yeah, that's uh, true. That's thankfully, that got kept in the movie, because then otherwise it would have been probably a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Straight to uh, video? It might have been straight to video, yeah. Maybe the maybe the writing can be corny, but his delivery was great, you know? Because I feel like that's the point. All right, I'm getting into a Taken discussion. It's just a, just a side note to go along with that. You're not He's not the only person who's done that. I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger who didn't like the line, I'll be back, in Terminator. Really? Yeah, and uh, he was just like, no, and he kept telling James Cameron, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it, and Cameron just was just like just say the stupid line <laughs> and he did it and now look at it yeah that we'll, is so we'll have cool. to do uh like an extra podcast one day just talking about weird movie uh trivia like that yeah i'm looking forward to it okay yeah. Alrighty then well that's interesting i'm guessing that news came out recently that liam neeson thought it was yeah he did an article or an interview i think with vanity fair uh-huh. uh, a couple weeks ago and that was revealed wow it's so crazy how even like years and years after the release of a movie, you find something, you find out something new about it. Alrighty, guys. That's why we love movies, man. And it's why we love story time with Andy. And it's everyone's favorite segment. Now let's continue with our no cap recap of Top Gun 
Maverick. So just a fair warning to everyone out there, if you have not seen this movie, we are delving into heavy spoiler territory. Okay? Yeah, please stop listening right now if you haven't seen this movie. Right. More than 30 years after graduating from Top Gun, and despite many achievements, United States Navy Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell, his repeated insubordination has kept him from reaching a higher rank in the Navy. The Navy plans to retire Maverick, as the Dark Star program he's been working on has not yet met its objective. In what he believes will be his final flight for the Navy, he exceeds the target goal of the program on his flight. Thankfully, Admiral Tom Iceman Kazansky reassigns Maverick back to the Top Gun School for his next assignment, thus saving his military career. The Navy has been tasked with destroying an unsanctioned uranium enrichment plant, located in an underground bunker at the end of a canyon before it becomes operational. Maverick devises a plan employing two pairs of jets armed with laser-guided bombs and must use the force and search his feelings to be able... Oh, that's, that's a different move. But instead of participating in the strike, his job is to train an elite group of Top Gun graduates to carry out the mission. Maverick dogfights his students and prevails in every contest, winning their respect. Lieutenants Hangman and Rooster, son of Maverick's dead best friend Goose, clash. Rooster dislikes Hangman's cavalier attitude, while Hangman criticizes Rooster's cautious flying. Maverick reunites with former girlfriend Penny, to whom he reveals that he promised Rooster's dying mother that Rooster would not become a pilot. Rooster, unaware of that promise, angrily resents Maverick for dropping his Naval Academy application, impeding his military career, and he blames Maverick for his father's death. Maverick is reluctant to further interfere with Rooster's career, but the alternative is to send him on the extremely dangerous mission. He tells his doubts to Iceman, who has terminal throat cancer. Iceman advises that it's time to let go, and reassures him that both the Navy and Rooster need Maverick. After Iceman dies, Admiral Simpson removes Maverick as instructor, after it becomes evident that the mission as proposed by Maverick is impossible. During his announcement, Maverick makes an unauthorized flight through the course, proving that it can be done. Admiral Simpson begrudgingly appoints Maverick as team leader. And so the four jets launch and successfully destroy the plant, but the surface-to-air missiles open fire during their escape, as anticipated. Rooster runs out of countermeasures, and Maverick sacrifices his plane to protect him. Believing Maverick to be dead, the others are ordered back to the carrier, but Rooster returns to find that Maverick ejected. Rooster is also shot down while saving the grounded Mav, but parachutes to safety. And so the two rendezvous and steal an old jet from the damaged airbase. The duo take off, they destroy two intercepting jets, but a third attacks as they run out of ammunition and countermeasures. When all hope is lost, Hangman arrives in time to shoot it down and the planes return safely. Later, Rooster looks at a photo of their mission success, pinned alongside a photo of his late father and a young Maverick, as Penny and Maverick fly off in Maverick's plane. Into the sunset. Thank you guys for the no cap recap of Maverick. And so let's let's start our group discussion. Okay, so why do we love this movie? What is it that you like about it? What is it that works for you? Or is there anything that maybe doesn't? And then we'll get into like the critics and audience scores so that we can compare with our own. But um, but yeah, what was you guys' reaction whenever you first saw this movie? I feel like this movie is near perfect. Doesn't have many flaws. This is the third time that I see it, and it's been the most enjoyable experience. Yeah. I really liked it the first time, really liked it the second time, and this third time, I was like, 
this is making my top 15 favorite films of all time now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how much I enjoyed it. And actually, because you know, the very first time I saw it, yeah, I was amazed by the, uh, the, the production quality, obviously, but just the fact that it is an entertaining movie from start to finish. And that is that is rare. That's difficult to achieve is to not have something that has like a lull in there where you're kind of bored or you check your watch or something like that. There aren't moments that you want to skip. Not not really. No. At least not something so egregiously like, okay, I can walk out, you know, and not really miss anything. It's I mean, everything works. And whenever I sat down to watch this for this podcast, I wasn't as excited because I had seen it recently, you mm -hmm. know, I wasn't looking forward to it as much. And yet when it starts, you know, and you hear that theme play and you see the <laughs> You can't interrupt me, man. I gotta finish it. No, time. and that's fine. And and this is how we get around copy strikes. <laughs> and so that's good. I'm totally down for it. But when it starts, like when it started this last time, man, I just it just sucked me back in because that's how that's how good it is. I really do like it. Now I do have I call it like a mixed feeling towards it now after some time has passed, but I want Andy to go with with your thoughts. Before Andy goes, how many times have you seen it? Uh this is for my fourth time that was your fourth time how mm -hmm. about you andy this was my third time third times third third for me also okay to just to piggyback real quick on what you said least excited going into it but i enjoyed it the most after i finished it. interesting okay yeah that's interesting it was a really good experience guys yeah i'm not even kidding i got super excited i was uh, you know standing <clears throat> up at certain points i was clapping i was crying a bunch <laughs> and it's like I've seen this already twice. Yeah, yeah. Why am I acting this way? But I loved it. It was just so fun. That's that's the I think that's the main takeaway. Andy, I loved it the very first time I saw it. A lot of emotions. I love Tom Cruise and his movies. Uh, you are a tremendous Cruise head. Yeah, tremendous action movie. Super enjoyable. I I, I love it. I mean, I, I can't say anything more than that. I, I loved it. Now, my, my one, I guess, little thing that's like, eh, is that, um, and, and fairly so, lots of people I've seen online have, uh, have said that this movie kind of steers into, like, military, navy, almost propaganda type, mm -hmm. you know? It, it helps, it's a little patriotic, isn't it, it? It helps to boost recruitment numbers, it helps to paint a positive image of the navy and serving in the military. And so did the first movie. There right. are people who literally joined, you know, the Navy or Air Force because yeah. of yep. Top Gun. Exactly. And and I think with this one, it had a similar effect. I think recruitment numbers jumped by like 500% or something like wow. that. And there was like Navy recruitment stands. Or Recruiters. Little, yeah. They, they would set up their booths, I guess, uh, in cinemas while Top Gun was playing. So, uh, critic score. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is a, uh, is a 96 certified fresh so 96% of critics recommend this film they say watch it and 99% of the audience recommends this movie totally agree you agree with that 96 I was I was thinking it was gonna hit like 91 92 but 96 wow well and that's so the vast majority say watch it now the meta score is a 78 so if they were to grade this movie it's roughly an 8 out of 10 it's a solid B movie. Now, do you agree with that? It's an A movie for me. Is it? Yeah. If you had to give it a number? 
if as a movie, yeah. right, which yeah. you're going in to be entertained, yeah. to enjoy it, and to have some sort of feeling when you come out, which is usually positive, mm-hmm. it's an A movie. Okay. For me, it's an A plus. I'd give it like oh a, yeah. I'd give it like yeah. a ninety-eight out of a hundred, and I don't really know why I'm docking it two points. It's, it's I a, just feel like it can't it's, be a hundred. It's an A plus for me too. A, it could yeah. be hundred. Real quick, so for me, the first time I saw it, um, which you know wasn't that long ago because movie hasn't even been out a year yet, <laughs> I thought there's no way this movie can be as good as everybody's saying. Like there was mm-hmm. already a bunch of hype, you know, from people having watched it. Like oh my god, it's amazing, and it was every bit as good as yep. everybody made it out to be. Mm-hmm. It exceeded my expectations, and it's one of those movies that was made for movie theaters. I could feel my seat shaking mm. when the planes were taking off. Mm-hmm. And it that's was, why you have to see it in movies, man. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a part of the experience. The people who missed the opportunity to watch it in theaters, they really missed out. Yeah. Um, yep. If it ever comes back in theaters, watch you it. need to go watch it in a theater go because it makes it. all the difference. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense why they didn't want to release it during the pandemic. I mean, that's a huge disservice yeah. to everybody. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about that a little bit later because I got notes on that. Cool. <laughs> no, but that's right. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with you guys. It's definitely an A, a to A plus movie because whenever i grade a movie i think about how entertaining is it which kind of also feeds into its rewatchability. Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion a, a good to great movie is one that you can watch over and over and not get tired of it and then um from a production standpoint you know technically what is it that they were able to achieve and film and do a lot it's just so impressive to me so this is between a 9 to a 9.5 for me that's awesome it's i mean yeah we're all in agreement definitely an a movie yeah a plus for me exactly absolutely the next segment is best thing i've ever seen so let's talk about some of the great scenes in the movie uh if you have a pick for a favorite scene i want to know about it what do you guys what do you guys think you want to go first Andy? yeah so i'm going to talk about the great scenes first and i'll talk about the favorite scenes later okay I, i managed to separate Gotcha. Uh, so when Maverick goes for Mach 10, I thought that was a great scene. That's on I my found list. It very interesting, and I guess it's really more of an egg drop. But they only had one chance to shoot that scene, and it was not intended for the roof on that little shack to fly up, but it did because of the sheer force of the the, the jet. I remember that. So that was kind of a cool unintended consequence. I loved Maverick riding into Top Gun on his motorcycle. Um, I have another little tidbit about that later because um, that's also one of my favorite shots of the movie mm-hmm. the dog fighting scenes with maverick awesome it's just so cool how this old man just whoops them all and not not like uh, not by a little bit like he absolutely like whoops them in in dog fighting um and then the the end of course the f-14 landing on the aircraft carrier i thought that was a really cool scene it's just you know culmination of all these emotions from the movie the music everybody's high-fiving and yeah it's just so good Yep, those are all those are all on my list too. The Mach 10 scene when they train together and dog fighting included on my list is the scene with Iceman when they're when they're speaking mm. together. Uh, that one I think elicited the most emotion from me when I saw it the first time. Yeah. And then I think you have to mention the beach scene, otherwise listeners will riot. <laughs> so that's that's definitely on there too. Um, oh, and when Maverick himself proves that you can do you know, the course in two minutes and 15 seconds, mm-hmm. even less time than what he was giving the students. That yeah. was, I love it. But uh, of all of those, I would pick my favorite is probably Iceman scene. Wow. That's probably mine. So I like to frame it this way. Usually if you had two minutes 
at lunch. Two minutes. To watch a scene mm-hmm. on YouTube. That's the one you're picking. Hmm. Okay, well, when you frame it like that... Yes. It cha- <laughs> it's that one? Okay, cool, cool. So I had four nominees for this one. Uh, the Dark Star scene. Uh, the training scene with uh, Won't Get Fooled Again. I, I never thought that I would hear that song outside of CSI Miami. And yet, when I heard it in this movie, I was just like, yeah! It's so fun. It's so good. Yep. The third one is when Maverick proves that the mission is doable. Mm-hmm. And the last one is the celebratory scene at the end. That I got me. love that, that scene. That was pure waterworks for me, man. I love that scene. But we'll talk about that more later. Yep. Okay, so I, I got to talk about my favorite scenes now. But right. first, I got to mention. So the beach scene, the beach football scene, it, was, it didn't make my list because it makes no sense. <laughs> the two-way football thing. Um, it didn't make my list either. No, I think it's awesome. It was a cool plot point about how them work, you know, learning teamwork and all that. And it shows the camaraderie that they build mm-hmm. in a short period of time. So it worked from that point of view. But two-way football makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> when are we doing that, by the way? Uh, I think that we should plan something like that. As soon as Sh- I get shirtless in shape, football. Yeah. Okay. You know, so we all have no to, rules. We all have to get in shape at the beach. I'm feeling it. We all have to get in shape, and we need enough people to actually play this game. And we have to be near a beach, none of which we have. So interesting uh, tidbit about that scene. Glenn Powell has told this story a couple times. They had all trained so hard to be in perfect shape for for this beach uh football scene you're just you know, getting shirtless. into the egg drops right away man <laughs> it's, he, it's you, relevant this is now. like the second big one that you talk about he needs to do it, it, it it's relevant he now. has to lay the egg oh. excuse me he has to drop the egg <laughs> do it do it uh, he talked about how they had trained so hard for it and after they were done they celebrated by going for milkshakes and tater tots <laughs> and a week later tom cruise kissed hey we gotta refilm that scene didn't come out good enough and so they all had to start hitting the gym again to get in shape. Yep. Okay. My my two favorite scenes that I omitted from great scenes. They're great scenes, but they're my two favorite. The Maverick and Iceman reunion. Yes. Of course, that one is superb. Thank you. My favorite scene from the movie is when Maverick proves the mission can be accomplished. Mm-hmm. That for me was, I think, maybe the highlight of the movie for me. Okay. Oh, I didn't even pick a scene. You picked your favorite? You no, I picked nominees. But oh. I didn't say which one was my favorite. Which was your favorite? It was hard, but I picked the training scene with Won't Get Fooled Again. That's the one that, like, if I just need a little dose of Top Gun Maverick, yeah. that's the one I pull up, and I'm just like, that captures the essence of the movie. Yeah. You know, the fun, but also the exhilaration and, uh, you know, the coolness of it. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I'm, I'm happy that we all have different tastes, you know, and yet we can still appreciate each other's perspective. Yeah, that's true. We all pick different scenes. If we have a limited window, we can pick one scene from the movie. We all pick different scenes. <laughs> there you go. That's Sign awesome. of a great movie. Now, one thing that we like to do in this segment is uh, we like to choose our point of no return. So let's say you're watching it. At what point in the movie can you say, that's it. I got to stay and I got to watch it to the end. What's your point of no return, guys? You want to go first, Andy? For me, it is when Maverick shows up to teach the class. When he walks in and they all say, oh, man, that's the That's early in the movie, man. That's early. Yeah, but at that point... You guys pick some early ones. You pick some early ones on Oceans and now this again. Well, yeah. Because at that point, that's when the the fun starts in this movie. Yeah. That's immediately when it picks up and he throws the the manual for the F-18s in the trash and you just see... So you know this, so does your enemy. Yeah. (laughs) You see Cyclone's reaction to, I hate this guy, and then the dogfighting starts... 
it's just that's the moment where the movie really really picks up gotcha mm, okay what about you uh mine's later i i tried to i try to be i try not to go too early on these because then people are going to be like well that's just practically the whole movie uh-huh. so for me it's once the goodbye start there's a a sequence towards the end of the movie that i like to call the goodbyes mm-hmm. it's when um he says essentially without saying much he says goodbye to penny he says goodbye to hondo mm-hmm. warlock says a few words to him yeah he has a, an exchange with rooster so all that is like five to seven minutes of just him saying we might not come back from this Mm -hmm. and we need to be prepared for that so yeah that really was it was a couple of good scenes especially i like the the one with penny because it starts off he's just silent once that he just reconnected with her yeah and he's in love with her she's in love with him and it's like hey i'm I'm leaving again and i might not come back right once that whole sequence starts i'm in the rest of the way yeah and and that's what i had written down yeah as well yeah exactly because when you get to that point you you can't anytime before that you're having a good time and and everything is great you're enjoying it but you're not emotionally as invested as you are when the that stakes was serious yeah the stakes are high they were training before but now it's just like we may lose our life right and now you have to see how all that training is going to pay off and so mm-hmm. that's why that's my point of no return or I guess realistically, our point of no return is whenever we see the words that in 1963 the Navy instituted a <laughs> a school for the elite fighters. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right then. So now we go into behind the scenes. Let's talk a little bit about the cast and crew. Sorry, the crew and the ones that um, you know put in all that work behind the camera to make this movie as great as it is. So this is kind of like. You know, whatever you guys want to talk about, we can discuss the director, the cinematography, and so on and so forth. The director is Joseph Kaczynski? Yeah, that's right. right? So he directed Tron Legacy, mm-hmm. which is a movie some of us might have seen. Yep. Um, he directed Oblivion. I did not see that movie, but that's another one with Tom Cruise and I think Morgan Freeman. Yep. And now he's working on an untitled Formula One movie. Oh. So, you know, he's 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 had a few successful movies out there. And this is, of course, going to be his biggest one. I think he'll probably peak with this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to replicate the success here. Yeah, this movie here. made one point four billion. I mean, oh that's hard God. to top. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to mention that um, the original Top Gun was directed by Tony Scott, and uh, unfortunately, he passed away in two thousand twelve, hmm. committed suicide. Um, he's the brother of Ridley Scott, who's a very famous and amazing director. Um, and Tony was actually developing his own version of Top Gun 2 before he, he passed. Uh, what that was or what it was shaping out to be, we'll never know. Mm. But um, Joseph Kaczynski did a really, really good job with this with this film. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's one thing because his, his other works that I guess are more well-known, like you said, Tron and Oblivion, weren't as well-received critically by critics or by audiences i mean tron looks fantastic yeah sounds really good too and oblivion i think was interesting in concept but maybe lost some you know some of the viewers it was a bit of a weird movie with the plot yeah but uh all in all you know the director is the one that has to tie everything together uh and and he did great he really did i would like to say one important thing that he did in this movie um which i think the movie doesn't work if he doesn't do it so originally, the story was going to be that uh, Penny and Maverick hadn't seen each other since 1985. 
But it didn't make sense for where they wanted the characters to end up. They wanted them to end up together. And it was going to be hard if they hadn't seen each other in 30-something years. In the amount of time you see them together in the movie, it's like, oh, well, how does that happen so quickly? Yeah. So they changed it to where they've been on and off again, dating for this 30-something year period. Which Penny immediately alludes to, you know, a, a, a former relationship that they had when they see each other again. Um, so they change the story that so they've been on and off again for years, which makes it make sense. And it was absolutely the right decision. Yeah. Because I think it, it worked out. Perfectly. It worked. It, it worked that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's it's believable, you know, at least to an extent. Yeah. And, and it, so. you know that it wasn't just one time. She goes every time. Yeah. So it lets you know multiple you know, little flings that they have. Exactly. That's right. Okay. And so what about, uh, how about cinematography? Because there's lots of good shots in this movie. And not only that, we got to count what they did inside of those cockpits, exactly. right? Exactly. Yep. That is, is that revolutionary? I think that's the first time that's done on that scale with so many people doing yep. it and it looks that good. Yeah, exactly. Well, because they were really doing it. That's yep. one of the, yep. the cool parts of this movie is that they all had to learn how to fly. No, they weren't flying. They were uh, just passengers. They were in the plane. Yeah, pretending to fly, but somebody was flying them. Right. Really? I, yeah. thought, I thought they learned to fly. No. I think they had to know... I think they had to. More they had or less, to. They had to be ready to experience what they were going to feel inside those planes. Yeah. Are you sure? Because they all went through the training. They they might have gone through training. They weren't flying. Hundred percent. Right. You're going to get fact checked. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. I, I want to mention real quick because you guys will have a lot more uh, shots that you want to talk about. I have one. I love the shot of Maverick riding into Top Gun when he's been recalled on his motorcycle. And the sun is shining, and an F-18 flies above him, and he smiles. I thought that was a really cool shot. Mm, I like that. I like that one, too. I also liked how, through the use of, well, the camera, but also the effects work, uh, how it translates the experience of blacking out. You know, like, basically the pilot's mm-hmm. point of view when all that G-force is hitting them, and they're yeah. starting to black out. Yeah. And um, Have I you ever almost blacked out? I've blacked out before. Well, I fainted. I, yeah, I've gotten pretty close also. That's exactly what it looks like. Is it? Everything just starts to go dark, and it's yeah. like it comes from it's from the outside yes, in. Yes, yes. And so anybody who's experienced that will look at those scenes and be like, yep, that's, that's what it's like. That's, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, that's right. So I did like that. But like you said, the, the, uh, the camera work for the planes themselves, because you have to get shots of the planes flying. You have to get shots of the actors inside. I think, who was it that said... Um, that, you know, it was imperative to get these shots of the actors in the plane because there are things that you just can't fake about mm-hmm. that experience. You know, you want to get that that distortion in their face whenever, like, you know, nine Gs of force is literally squishing them. Yeah. You know, you can't really run that through CGI and make it convincing or use some other kind of practical effect. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it you have to capture it as it's happening. And it pays off because we are like 100% believing that everything is happening is real because it seriously looks real. Tom Cruise is, I guess, of the Chris Nolan thought or mindset that uh, do as much as you can practically. Mm. Um, Specifically, he wanted to minimize green screen and CGI aerial shots. Mm -hmm. And even the close-up cockpit shots, he wanted them to be real. Mm -hmm. So um, that was him insisting. 
So this kind of goes into, and this is still in behind the scenes, but <clears throat> whenever we discuss special effects, you know, this includes practical effects, and obviously they were used to, you know, great acclaim in this film. Uh, but we don't want to discount the the visual effects department either, oh, because the amount of CG, I, I believe the number is. 2400 visual effects shots used mm -hmm. it's it's a lot and it is a lot of work but you never really see those because they're so well done mm -hmm. and so i know a lot of the marketing is about how so much of this is real and practical and that's great and all but all those visual effects artists you know they still put in the work and you can tell that it paid off because we don't even see their work technically yeah. in the film everything just blends together so nicely there's a, a visual effects supervisor, you know John Knoll, who did the Star Wars prequels? Mm. He at one point said, the greatest compliment you could ever receive is that nobody ever knew there were any visual effects. Yeah, yep. And I I think that was the case, me watching this movie. It's like, I couldn't really, unless I stopped it and really thought about it, I didn't know what was real and what was fake. Exactly. I was immersed the entire time. Yep, that's exactly right. So yeah, kudos to the VFX team. Uh, did a fantastic job and of course the practical effects too Andy you got a fact check for us okay so <laughs> they went through the training they were not flying the F-18s right who said they weren't flying Steven said okay but yeah. they I went just want you to give me credit when I get it right <laughs> oh okay uh, that's yeah. what I'm doing right now yeah. okay. okay I know it's hard for you <laughs> they, so they went through the training and it was set up to look like they were flying so where I was confused was that they went through the training. Yeah. I didn't actually believe they were flying the F-18s, but the fact that they had to go through like 200 hours of training or whatever it was yeah. uh, made me think maybe some of the... I knew some of those shots, obviously, they can't be flying those. Because it, it, it'd be too risky. You can't allow actors yeah. to just get in planes and be like, right. except, wait, guys. Yeah, they can't just, do it. Except yeah. the, the plane at the end where uh, Tom Cruise takes off with Penny. That's real. That's real. Yeah. And that's Tom flying it because he's a Tom, pilot. Yeah. Because, in real life. And it's his plane. And it's his plane. Yeah. yeah. And, fun fact, another egg drop that I'm going to spoil early. <laughs> if this involves Connolly. Yes, it does. Oh! Okay, you're fine. just taking all my we'll egg drops. It. Save it. We'll save it. Okay. <laughs> oh all right. My God. Before, before, one, before. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. What, go ahead. Just one last note on that yeah. about the training uh, yeah. of the actors. Yeah. Per Miles Teller, half of the actors threw up every day that they had to film oh, those God. scenes. That's so tough. that for oh. me that would have been miserable. But yeah. throwing up, I'm just like, if I'm going to be throwing up every day, <laughs> just hire somebody else to do this role. Stop okay. couple. So now we're even because you stole one of my egg drops because that's an egg drop and you dropped it early. Yeah. Okay. Just want that noted on the record. All right. It, it scores two to one. Buddy. Hey, hey. Too many eggs are dropping here. Okay. Yeah. Let's 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 keep those you know safe in yeah, the you basket. Got, you got to sit on them, let them hatch. Yeah. Exactly. At the right time. Let them hatch. It's naturally. too early now. Oh my God. <laughs> Continuing with behind the scenes. Um, the screenplay written by Kruger, Singer, and McQuarrie. I would, to describe the screenplay, I'd probably quote, you know, a good friend of mine, Tuco, and say that it's tight, 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 tight. Because <laughs> there, there is no way. <laughs> that was so unexpected. There is no. Oh, beautiful. There is, there is. Can you do it again? No, I'm not doing it again. There is no wasted. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> grab that clip and it's gonna be your new ringtone oh. every time you call me. 
Oh my god. No, uh, honestly, because they're they're like how we were talking about earlier. You know, there's not really a lull. There's any. There's not really any wasted screen time because everything that we see either services the plot or services the character development, and that that is because the screenplay is tight. Yeah. Hey, uh, talking about screenplay, the first Top Gun, you guys would agree, is pretty cheesy, right? Oh yeah. And I was surprised. It's fantastic. I was I was pleasantly surprised that this movie's mm-hmm. not at all. At least I don't feel that way. There's no part that I'm just like, oh, that's pure cheese, you know, like the first movie. But um, it was a lot more serious, and it was a lot more like, I'm buying this. I'm buying all of it. Here's the thing. It's kind of hard. You can't compare apples to apples in this in this situation, because the first movie came out in 1986. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw it way later, and it felt cheesy. Um, but you think at the time everybody was just as invested? At, at the time, it was a huge blockbuster. It was beloved, and it's still beloved today. But was it cheesy for people back then? Well, is Batman from 1989 cheesy? It is. We still love it because we grew up with it. But you ask anybody who is uh, born in the 2000s, and yeah. they think that movie is incredibly <clears throat> cheesy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's yeah. all about perspective. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's right. Yeah, I don't think that they thought it was cheesy when it released. It's just nowadays that you know we look back and see it that way, right? And there's and we might say the same thing about Maverick down the road. There's plenty of cheese um, that is still just as good, you know. It's like aged Gouda. And then the last thing I have on here, but again, you guys can add anything else before behind the scenes is the score. This is this is the most important part. That's why we wanted to save it for last. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least I didn't want to talk about it until you were ready because next to the performance of Cruz. The score is my favorite part about this movie. Mm-hmm. I love the music in this movie, man. It pumps me up. It gets me excited. It makes me sad. It, you know, I'm on the edge of my seat with what Hans Zimmer did. Hats off to my guy, Hans Zimmer. He is the uh, the only guy behind John Williams, in my opinion. He's he's number two. He's he's up there. He's like LeBron. You know, fine. He doesn't have as many championship wins as uh, Williams does, but he's amazing, man. And he's had this long career now, and he keeps on going, and he just keeps delivering bangers. Yep. Yeah. The main titles, you've been called back to Top Gun. Iconic. I think this isn't really a part of the score, but, I mean, Maverick won the Oscar for sound design. And it's because... If you, I mean, if you if you didn't watch it in theaters, those then, jets, man. Yeah, exactly. The engines, man. That's that's your loss for not watching it in theaters. The next best thing is to watch it at home on a big enough screen with a good enough sound system and in 4K. Mm. You have to watch it in 4K because that's where you can really appreciate this. This is the type of sound that is gonna rattle windows and I doors. Love it. This is a movie that honestly you have to experience loud if you yeah. want to get the full experience. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, all in all, these are all the bits and pieces behind the camera that make the movie as great as it is. And we love it for it. So let's continue on, fellas. Let's go to our winners and losers. Are there any losers in this movie? Really? I struggled with that part. Admiral Kane, I think, is the loser. Um <laughs> He wanted Maverick out. Hey, hey, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't get his wish. You'd be kind to Ed Harris, man. <laughs> Ed Harris. Ed Harris could take you in a fight. I love Ed Harris. He also is a loser because oh my god, 
God. He was in the movie for like three and a half minutes, and that's <laughs> yeah. it. Like, that's a big name. Like, that's a big actor, and he got but, three minutes of screen time. But those three minutes are cool. Like, he has presence. Exactly. Uh, I'm saying if we got to pick a loser, I did not write anybody down for losing in the movie. But if you got to pick one, uh, Ed Harris is my vote. Okay. Let's let's pick our best performance of Maverick. Cruise. Who had the and best performance. And it's not even close. It's Cruise. It's Tom Cruise. Okay. He is the best actor in this movie. He was going into it, and he uh, he delivered the most. So you're so it's Cruise, and then maybe a close second, you know, the kid that answers Earth whenever Tom Cruise lands, and he goes into the diner, <laughs> oh and he gosh. asks, where am I? Well, you know, you know it was very believable on that <laughs> yeah, kid's part. I, I, no, that kid, he, he did a good job saying, Earth. Um, I think that Miles Teller and John Hamm did great in their supporting roles. Yes. Yeah. You know who stood out to me more this time? Uh, John Hamm. Yeah. I really like him. I do despite too. Despite him being so unlikable. Right. Like it's his unlikability just was so real to me, mm-hmm. and I, I it was it was almost palpable. I was just like, I hate you, but keep going. You're so <laughs> awesome in every scene. It's just like you your distaste for Maverick and all this. You know, baloney is is awesome. So uh, hats off to him. Yeah, I always yeah. knew he was a great actor, but uh, he, he's uh, he's underappreciated in this movie. I I would agree. And my to be clear, my pick is also Tom Cruise, but also um, to your point, John Hamm really liked his Cyclone. Yeah, that's I right. love all the the what is it called C- call signs? The call signs. Yeah, yeah. Um, all Her- the call signs that they have, I started like memorizing them. <laughs> Ed Harris's uh, Ed Harris's performance I really like too because yeah. that guy Admiral Kane you he's know what an his <laughs> you know what his uh, you know what his uh, <clears throat> call sign was what it's in the end credits Hammer really <laughs> yeah it's fitting yeah. yeah Tom Cruise should have been nominated for best actor for this movie he should have been well so? but the odds were stacked against him I'm not saying he should have won I'm saying he should have been nominated at least nominated yeah who would you, well I'd have to look at the list again to see who you'd take yeah off. no that's that's a very long discussion yeah alright that's the that's the best though how about the worst can you pick a worst performance there were no bad performances in this movie to be honest right as a joke I wrote down the old guy in one of the hard deck scenes He's only in there for like a second when uh, Penny rings the bell. Uh, not the first time with Tom Cruise. This is a scene where Tom Cruise isn't there, and she rings the bell, and it's some random extra who I guess put their phone on the table and got in trouble. And you see this old guy kind of like behind Penny. He's like looking around. He's just like he's almost angry. Like wh- like why'd you ring the bell? And uh, just his face. I was just like, dude, you're not the one who got in trouble. Calm down. So I'm gonna put his uh, oh my God. his bad reaction as uh, worst performance as the worst performance. Okay, Andy, do you have one? No, I don't have one. No, there was no bad performance in this movie. <laughs> oh my God! Alrighty, how about a best line? Something that you can quote, or something that you just like when they said it? I have four four that I love. I got four or five. Uh, Hondo says, "You know what happens to you if you go through with this?" Referring to the Dark Star, if he goes up for the test, <sighs> took took mine. <laughs> And Maverick says, I know what happens to everyone else if I don't. Yep. So I love it. Just, it goes to, Maverick is a hero in the literal sense and in the figurative sense. Of, I, you know, I missed that jobs. line. That's a really good one. I can't I believe it. I missed that. Yeah. Uh, Admiral Kane, you got some balls, stick jockey. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could be on a t-shirt. Hey, make it a t-shirt. Or a bumper sticker. <laughs> I, w- I want you to say that the next time that I go over the speed limit just a little bit. Except I don't really know what a stick jockey is, so I'm going to have to figure it out. A so stick jockey it is it's like, because you know how they have the, I know, yeah. the planes. 
Um, <laughs> Maverick says, uh, this is, of course, I think this is on everybody's list. I'm a fighter pilot, naval aviator. It's not what I am. It's who I am. How do I teach that? Mm. I think that's like a really, really significant point of the movie. And uh, it's just like really heartfelt for Maverick. I love that um, you've gotten some really, really good ones and yeah. you haven't taken any of mine yet. <laughs> and then the last one uh, Maverick says thank you for saving my dang it <laughs> Rooster says it's what my dad would have done yeah that was on my list too yeah <laughs> alright you shouldn't have let me go first oh B you want to go first or you want me to go well I mean Andy already took two of mine and then the last one is when Hondo says you know it's called the earth bulge that's the other one that I have alright your turn <laughs> okay I've got one that's uh, when Kane says the end is inevitable Maverick replies, maybe so, sir, but not today. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is by Cyclone. He goes, and that Cobra maneuver, that could have gotten all three of you killed. I never want to see that blam again. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard when he said that because he says it with such... His delivery, his, right? His, his, it's his delivery, man. Yeah. He's, he's being so serious, and yeah. yet it's so funny when he says it. <laughs> um, I got one by Hangman. He goes, a man flies like Maverick or he doesn't come back. Then he looks at Phoenix and says, no offense intended. And Bob says, yes. yet somehow you always met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my winner, uh, those were my nominees. Winner is the one that Andy said, Thanks for, thank you for saving my life. That's what my dad would have done. Yeah, I love that. How about a worse line? I have one, but it's not really bad. I have one just because I hate the character <laughs> and I hate that he says it and I hate what it means. Uh, so Cyclone says, every mission has its risks. These pilots accept that. So mm. basically, he's condemning them all. Like, if you die, oh well. Right. It's basically uh, Ivan Drago saying, if he dies, he dies. Okay. It's like, if See, they die, it's okay. They, mm. they accept it. But the you risk. have they an issue it. with the moral implication of it and not the line on the, in the screenplay. Yeah, no, that's what I just said. I'm, you know, it's I hate what it means, what it represents, and I hate the person who said it. I'm just going to backtrack a little bit before we move on to the next point under winners and losers because I, even though I chose Tom as the best performance, Val Kilmer was my close second. Mm. And I say this because he says a lot while saying very little. Literally. And that's, and that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, that I think is a testament to uh, his skill despite, you know, his medical condition. Yeah. And so he and, deserves and a shout out. The love of the character. I mm-hmm. mean, he has very little screen time and his is very significant in a short period of time. Exactly. That's right. There's something that I wanted to say on that. If you guys can just give me one second to pull it up, okay? Okay. That's fine. So what I wanted to say was uh, regarding Val Kilmer, it really hurt me to see him like that. Mm. And knowing that this is an issue he's battling in real life, <clears throat> um, I immediately got teary-eyed when I saw that scene. Mm-hmm. It, it was a great scene. Um, I agree with you. My question is, is that probably one of the best scenes that you've ever seen where only one actor is really talking and the other's just reacting? Well, I can't It might even, be for me. I can't even think of another that's, example. That's too specific to be off the top of... Yeah, my head to I, be able to answer. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I know, <clears throat> and I'm just springing it on you guys. But I was watching it, and I'm just like Val Kilmer again is saying so much with his body language because he can't mm-hmm. really talk, mm-hmm. and just pointing at the screen and, and looking and, and listening to what Mav is saying, and he's he's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's amazing just doing that, and he, he, he's a veteran regardless. Yeah. It's like I, maybe I can't talk that well, 
which is you know there's egg drops probably that you have on his voice that I don't I don't know if you do but um, they used uh, I think AI yeah. enhancements yeah, for did. his voice mm-hmm. and they even made it sound like him which was amazing yeah that's and right. um, and yeah because he could barely say anything at all exactly that's right but yeah I I, I wanted to backtrack to 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 give Val Kilmer his kudos because he he definitely deserved it even though it was just a short part but um, it was very significant to both the plot and to the protagonist but also to the viewers he has only like a few lines mm-hmm. max when he actually stops pointing at the screen and typing stuff right and i'd like to share those lines if it's all right with you Bry. go for it the navy needs maverick the kid needs maverick that's why i fought for you that's why you're still here and then they hook mm. Oof, man you're gonna make us start crying I all know, over man. again, dude. Stop I know. it. Stop it. Stop and it. And when he says who's and he finalizes <sighs> saying, Who's the better pilot? You or me? And Maverick <laughs> replies, This is a nice moment. Let's not ruin Let's it. Let's not ruin it. And yeah. then they hug again. And it's just it's almost like he, he knew that his time was limited. I mean he had to know. Yeah. And so he's like, Let me get this question out there exactly. before it's over. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so if we had to choose our winner winner holiday roast of the movie, who's the person that is most remembered for Top Gun Maverick? It is not close. It's Tom Cruise. Yeah. He saved movies literally. Um <laughs> He proved once again that he's one of the five to ten most important actors alive, and maybe ever. Um, this was his first billion-dollar movie. It made almost double what Mission Impossible Fallout made, and it was well-deserved. Um, he insisted on waiting to release the movie until after the pandemic. He was a producer on the movie, and they listened to him. Paramount was trying to get it streamed. Um, they wanted to stream it during the pandemic. I mean, that was it's a huge movie, a huge title. Thank goodness and he, he insisted. He said it's not going to be released until it's in theaters because it has to be watched in theaters. And he was right. Yeah. He was so absolutely right. He deserves every penny uh, that he got from this movie and all the accolades, all the flowers. Is that a pun? Because Penny is the girl? <laughs> yeah, let's say, let's say that was intentional. Yeah. Uh, I agree 100% with Andy. Um, I typically go with the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of how much involvement they have, but in this case, it's Cruz, without a doubt. Yeah, it's Cruz. That was my pick, tied with cinema, in general. Cinema in general, because oh. it's just like Andy said. If if uh, well, it's because of this movie that the movie watching industry in theaters got that that boost again. It got revitalized yeah. after the pandemic. This was the first blockbuster post pandemic. Post pandemic, there were Marvel movies that came out, and nothing since the pandemic ended has touched this movie financially till avatar Avatar. yeah Yeah. exactly that's right so cinema is a winner tom cruise i think is the holiday roast yeah who should be forgotten the old guy at the bar (laughs) admiral kane (laughs) admiral kane deserves to be forgotten that's too far i wrote down i don't think anyone deserves to be forgotten deserves it but unfortunately, the ones that probably will be forgotten are the side characters. Mm. You know, you got Coyote, you got Payback, you've yeah. got, um, see, I already forgot the name, Fanboy. Yeah. These these are the guys that even though they're essential to the plot, but they, they're just not as memorable. We won't forget Bob, though. But you don't forget Bob, exactly. We or Hangman. Yeah, Hangman's going to be real. Well, Hangman is, Hangman is a main character. Yeah. Or Phoenix? Yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix because she's only female, it makes it very easy to remember her. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's my that's what I'm saying is that you have these characters that, yeah, they do their part well, right? 
but they just are cursed with being side characters that are kind of more replaceable. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's just what happens. All right, guys. So that concludes our winners and losers segment. And finally, finally, all those eggs you've been holding in and dropping without, you know, permission. Lots of eggs. Now, now you can drop some more. Let's get into the egg drops, guys. What Easter eggs or little known facts or uh, details in the movie do you want to share with with the audience? Andy, okay. Andy, you start. I'm going to start deleting them as uh, as you go. Yeah, well, I you you took one of mine, which was that Miles Teller said that three of the six new actors <clears throat> threw up every day of filming in the Jets. Um, the others that I have that I thought were interesting, um, very little green screen and CGI was used in the movie at Tom Cruise's request. He wanted it to be as authentic as possible, and it paid off. Hmm. Uh, John Hamm accepted the role without reading the script. I thought that was really interesting. That's he doesn't seem like the type of actor to do that. Yeah. So I, I'm curious, you know, what what was the draw for him? Was it working with Tom Cruise? Was it just being in a Top Gun movie? Huh. Uh, you know, what made him do that? Uh, I'm curious. Quick, but I guess we may never know. Quick pause. Would you accept a role in a movie without reading the script if you knew that it was like big names like this attached? You don't know what your role is. Probably. I have a feeling though it'd be something bad. Like I'd be, <laughs> I'd be, you know, some random naked guy yeah. in the background. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna be a butt double or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So probably because I, I, I'd love to be in a movie, but yeah, I, yeah, uh, that I'd probably do. Oh, so, okay, no, sorry. Continue with the. And then my last one is just that Miles Teller actually learned how to play Great Balls of Fire on the piano, so that they didn't have to use a double for that. Right. Exactly. And yet we don't even see him play it. And we only hear 10 seconds of him playing it. <laughs> I got a few here um, before I go into my little monologue, which I'll go into later. But uh, I'll just run through these ones that uh, Andy didn't uh, get to. Go for it. Kenny Loggins did a re-record of Danger Zone for the movie. Did you guys know that? Did not. But Tom Cruise insisted that they use the original. So that's what we hear. Um, did you mention the Jennifer Connelly one? Did you want to talk about that? About the end of the movie? Well, she has a crippling fear of flying. Oh. So in order to help her, Tom Cruise um, took her for a ride in his uh, P-51 Mustang, which is a World War II plane that he has owned since 2001. That's what we see, right? At the end. end? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise originally met with Ridley Scott to see if he would be interested in directing this movie as his brother had directed the original film. But Ridley, um, who previously directed Cruise and Legend, politely declined. He said that fast-paced, high-octane action movies aren't really his style. Hmm. But he did give a list of potential candidates to Cruise. Actor who played Bob, do you know who that is, Andy? Louis Pullman, Bill Pullman's son. Pretty mm-hmm. cool, huh? Yeah. So um, he is flying an F-18 Hornet at the end of the movie, just like President Whitmore, played by Bill Pullman, did in ID4. So that's pretty cool. The mission shares multiple elements in common with the Death Star mission in Episode 4, A New Hope, Star Wars, where a small group of fighters have to fly along a trench, keeping below the defensive armament to a target, uh, or to target the opening to a small shaft that will enable them to destroy the target. So, interesting. Is that really an Easter egg? I mean, come on. That's, I didn't catch it when I watched the movie. How can you not catch it? I didn't. I didn't make the it's connection. Literally a trench run. It's, it's literally, <laughs> and they got to hit the target. Yeah, 
I mean, now I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, but at the time, I I don't know, because it's so far removed, you know? That's yeah. not a big egg. There was no mention of a Womp Rat, so I didn't make the connection. Yeah. That's I, a, I think Womp Rats, and I think Death Star Trench Run. That's a Robin's yeah. egg, There's, in my opinion. <laughs> hey, I mean, and, and I'm embarrassed now, being <laughs> a huge Star Wars fan. So, uh, another thing, also, they uh, one pilot apparently says to another in the movie, stay on target, which is <laughs> famously from Star Wars yeah. and Hope. Okay, last one that I've got. Um, in the second-to-last dogfight, Maverick uses guns against the fifth-generation fighter. There's a counter showing how many rounds are left to use. And at one point, it shows that they have 33 rounds left. This was a nod to the original film as they were filming the sequel 33 years after the release of the original film. Oh, wow. It's also the same number that Tom Cruise wore on his football jersey in one of his movies called All the Right Moves. Huh. 33. Intentional. That is pretty cool. Wow. Well, you guys took all my eggs, that's for sure. (laughs) Although, I guess the only one that wasn't mentioned is that, yes, all the main actors that went through boot camp were throwing up um, in preparation for this movie, except Tom Cruise and the actress that plays Phoenix. What's her name? I don't know the actress's name. I can't remember. I've seen it a few times, but I can't remember. But she went through the boot camp, same as everyone else didn't throw up. I'm not surprised by Tom Cruise not throwing up. He's not human. I mean, (laughs) all the stunts he does, he's just... Yeah, he's built different. Yeah. But no, she didn't. She she powered through. That's pretty cool. She was tougher than all the boys. Man. Alrighty. So Are that you ready? was a successful. Are egg. you ready for, for what I got here? What do you got? Okay. So this might not be very popular. Okay? <laughs> and it's 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 definitely just uh, an idea that was floated out there that once I heard it, I was fascinated by it. It's not the way I hope to interpret this film. But, nonetheless, you can kind of, you know, see it a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, thought out there that you can see this movie. You can see it. Not that you have to see it. <laughs> you can see the beginning of the movie with the whole Dark Star scene as uh, Maverick dying at the end of that. And that the rest of the movie is, in essence, him making reparations. Uh, doing things in his life that he didn't get a chance to do, that he should have done, making good on things, uh, repairing things like uh, his guilt and everything over Goose's death with by establishing a relationship with his son. Everything seems to go well. He's a hero. So the thought is, and you can see it this way if you kind of track it this way, when he says, uh, or when he gets in the, in the Dark Star, ship he's going pretty fast he hits he goes over Mach 10 despite Mm -hmm. not needing to Mm -hmm. right before he does that he says talk to me goose and when you look at the lighting in the scene and everything it's almost like it's shining a bit because of the earth's atmosphere Mm -hmm. it's almost like he's entering heaven goose is already there so Mm -hmm. he's saying talk to me goose Mm -hmm. basically because I'm already here I'm at the the doorway Mm -hmm. and you're the one who's going to bring me in later when he uh, actually lands you have to assume that he's already dead the first question that he asks when he arrives at that place is where am I somebody might ask in the afterlife mm-hmm. where am I mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you look at the the little diner or restaurant that he enters it almost seems like it's a place out of time 
it looks almost like he's in a different decade. Could be coincidence, but follow me with this, okay? Okay. Later on, he meets with Cain after that. And at this point, you have to uh, assume that he's in purgatory, right? And the rest of this movie is him trying to escape purgatory, doing the right things so that he can truly enter heaven, right? And so there's a line by Cain that says, For reasons known only by the Almighty and your guardian angel, you've been called back. Hmm. To Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Okay? So making references again to celestial beings. And then the idea of purgatory again when he when Cain says the end is inevitable. Meaning your end is inevitable. Maverick has the resolution that no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make things right. And he, his response is maybe so, sir, but not today. At the uh, end of the movie, what does he say to Miles Teller? As thank everything has been corrected in his life and everything is perfect now for him. Mm, thank, you for, thank you for saving my life. Thank you for saving my life. Mm. There are other points. I didn't cover everything. But those, when I was watching it this third time, I was just like, oh. Like, I didn't see that before and now I kind of see it. Mm. Is the movie intended <clears throat> to be viewed that way? Probably not. But if you're somebody who, who likes spins on things or likes the possibility of seeing something from a different viewpoint, this movie could almost be a little a little religious, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Or tell the story of a man who does die, and then, you know, being stuck in purgatory corrects everything, and finally gets to ascend to heaven. Mm. That is, it's, uh, yeah, that's a theory that I think we've all heard, and it's very interesting. Uh, let me tell you why it's trash. <laughs> oh! I'm just kidding. Oh, oh my goodness. I was just politely letting you finish. I'm kidding. Uh, thank I'm, you, kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Thank you, thank uh, you. No, 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 I really am kidding. And funny, funnily enough, I saw that the that the director has heard the theory as well, and he and he really likes it. He likes, because he says movies yeah. are open to interpretation. Right, and it's and again, it's not the way I want to see the movie. Exactly. I'm just sharing it, and I thought it was interesting. Yeah, so that is that is definitely a theory that's been floated a lot. I hate it, and I will say why it's garbage, even though Brian wasn't willing to. No, it doesn't make sense. I don't subscribe to that theory. It's people who look for stuff to fit a narrative. It's it's hogwash. It's because I don't I don't see why. And like, it ruins the movie. And I, I hate people trying to ruin this movie for me. It can't be. It, it's, a, it's, it's not beautiful. ruining the movie. It, it can't be a death it, dream that takes over the course of what two weeks. Okay, here, here here's a. Here's the reason why people immediately want to subscribe to that theory, and it's because Mach 10, when you do the math, the science doesn't quite work out about how that's possible. It's a movie. It's fiction. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's get a, let's get a grip. <laughs> um, he, he ejects, and it's like, oh, well, he's somewhere you know, out of time. Yeah, because it's a little diner in the middle of nowhere. He flew thousands of miles in a matter of a couple of minutes, so he's not anywhere near california anymore like yeah he's probably Brian's like Idaho up over here or something like that you know because he's right it's like where am i yeah because he flew thousands of miles he's in the middle of the country he has no idea where i am it's like oh that must mean that he's in heaven or something like that then he ends up he goes from heaven he sees the white light right where he's like oh goose i can hear goose then he goes down to purgatory only to then later on ascend back to heaven. like come on stop it and he does ask to talk to goose at least a couple more times. Yeah, he says that at the yeah. end of the movie, in the in the pivotal scene, you know, where they're trying to... They're doing the Death Star trench run, I quick, guess. Quick fun fact, Mach 10 is 7,627 miles per hour. 
What is 7,000 miles away from us? Well, that would assume he flew for an hour. So no, you gotta no. divide that by 60. Right, okay. So what's the... Uh, you guys keep talking so while in, I do in, some math. In that minute of the movie, he flew, you know, a thousand... In that couple of minutes, he flew thousands of miles away, is the point. Or hundreds of hundreds... Hundreds of miles away, at least. Yeah, that is... That's 100 and, 127 miles in a minute. Yeah. And that's at the... In the last minute where he's above Mach 10. Right. Before then, he was at Mach 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. That is so. That is yeah. just so crazy. That wow. is crazy. We're moving on. <clears throat> We're okay. moving on to our next segment. Ready. Which we like to affectionately call Castaway. So, uh, any, you know, fun facts or something about the cast themselves... Uh, or we could, because something that we've done in other movies is what we call our modern day remake, um, to just recast the main characters of the film if it were, you know, newer, but obviously this is a brand new film, so maybe we can just swap out some characters and see if that would work or not. But one thing that I have on here is that, uh, you know, Meg Ryan was not even asked to return to this film, was never even considered. Intentionally. Yeah, that was intentional. Um, despite her role in the first Top Gun. And I also have on here that both Nicholas Holt and Glenn Powell were considered for the role of Rooster before yes. the director pulled for Miles Teller instead. Glenn well, Powell auditioned for Rooster, is yeah, what right. I had heard. Yeah. Well, and, and the way it went down, uh, Tom Cruise invited all of them for uh, like a in-person test, you know, like a, a chemistry test at his home. And that's where he decided Miles Teller is the guy. But they liked Glenn Powell so much that yeah. they kept him in the movie. Right. It's also interesting that Kelly McGillis wasn't invited back for the movie either. And she's been asked a lot about that. She said, you know, it's fine. She didn't take offense to it. There's she a reason for it. Yeah. And it's not because of the actors. They, no. they had said that it, huh? it wasn't because of the actors from what I read. It was because they wanted to minimize how many past uh, characters and mm. and, and uh, storylines they had to reference. They were just like, we're trying to introduce new characters. We want yes. this movie to be about Maverick now, not Maverick back then. Yep. And yeah. so he said there was no point in bringing back uh, the two female characters from last time because all that was going to do was take up time dealing with the past and, and, and trying to make them relevant now. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. the internet talked about <clears throat> Kelly McGillis not looking, you know, not aging as well as Tom Cruise, for example. Yeah, it or could be just, another factor too. And so, but she said she didn't take offense to it. She's like, that's fine. Um, but yeah, Tom Cruise, again, he's not human. I mean... Yeah, that's he, why he doesn't age. Yeah. Uh, he does all these crazy stunts he's and doesn't aging. die. You can see it now. Yeah. No, well, but, for his age. Yeah. He's 60 years old and, like, standing he's, on the wing of a plane. Yeah, he's in better shape yeah. than all of us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um... Do your recasting. You did a re- you did a a remake, right? Yeah, I did. If if uh, let's say that we're like in an alternate universe, you know, Earth, not six one six that we're in right now, or whatever <laughs> it is. So this is an alternate, you know, version of the movie. Who could play what? The role of Maverick. I honestly really struggle to think of an actor who could technically be old enough to be as seasoned as the character is, while still physically, you know in shape being able to handle these types of things it's, i don't even want to hear this i know i know it feels sacrilegious to, <clears throat> yeah to even propose okay i'm not even gonna say i'm it. gonna say no to everything you say i'm not even gonna say it <laughs> forget it i'm not saying it i'm not saying it forget this let's you know what let's just move on 
I'm, I'm throwing out the whole thing. Do you, want, do you want me to do the say a line from this movie as a different actor? Who? What or would different? you? What would you say? First, first, what line would you say? I just thought if someday I would recast. Who? Admiral Kane. I'd have Samuel Jackson just so he can throw some f bombs in there. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's horrible, Andy. Does <laughs> he? He hates Maverick so much. He just cussing up a storm in that three minutes of screen time. Oh my That'd be God. funny. Yeah, no, I I had despite your best attempts, you refuse to die. <laughs> <laughs> See, that worked for the line. The one that I had was uh, Hangman's line, the one I already quoted, uh-huh. but as Bane <laughs> from The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Why? Here we go. A man flies like Maverick, or he doesn't come back. No offense intended. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of characters, and I was just like, "Who would I do good. from this?" That was that very was strange, good. but uh, that was good. I, I, <laughs> oh my god, I really like that. Ready for hit it takes? Oh man! All right, let's get let's get into it. Hit it takes. Here we go. Let's see. Let's see how long this takes us. All right, let's start with one of our favorites. Okay, Chili's most hated tech of the movie. What do you guys got? I've got the lock-on feature of the fifth-gen fighters. Oh, he'd be that, like, "That's better than mine." <laughs> he'd be like, "They lock on to me too quick, B. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. So that—that's not what I was thinking of. The uh, the laser-guided missile stuff—it fails at the end of the movie. Oh, that's yeah, true. That yeah. would be man. It. You yeah. always think of that's stuff that great. I forget. Well, because you you triggered the memory for me. Yeah. Because originally I had the scramjet that Maverick uh, pushes past Mach 10 and it falls apart. <laughs> that would be like Jacob. Be like, come on, man. It's like a, a, it, it falls apart immediately. As, as <laughs> I feel like he would be very bitter about that. Yeah. But no, the laser-guided yeah. missile system, it fails. Yeah. That's it fails. good. That'd I think good even one. during the test run, like Bob has trouble locking on when they're doing the test. And that's part of the reason why they it's fail. It's kind of faulty, that whole thing, I think. Yeah. Well, because it's not... You, you, you have to do the targeting. You know what I mean? So you're fighting like if you've ever tried to aim aim something while you're in a moving vehicle, it's tough to do. Yeah, absolutely. And if you notice in the, uh, they're like they do like a, some sort of rotation when they go over the mountain. Yeah. yeah. And so you're just barely adjusting to yeah. like which is where kind of which at. is kind of bad because like Bob, you had one job. That was your one job. You're the laser guy. No, don't don't criticize other, Bob. They have Rooster, Rooster saved that mission because he does it blind. They he uses have, the force to get that missile in there. You see what I mean? That's another man. Yes, I'm telling you. You think Tom Cruise is a Star Wars fan? It was blatant, and I don't know if it was Cruise or one of the screenwriters that really wanted to throw that in. I think that was somebody auditioning for a Star Wars movie in the future. Like, hey, guys, <laughs> I can write a script. You know what I put? I put that uh, that GPS scrambling stuff that they put in that valley, in that trench, yeah. by the enemy. Because I just imagine Jacob on the ground trying to do like a, I don't know, like a hike. And he can't like see his map. And he's like, I freaking hate Apple. The map never works yeah. while this whole battle is happening uh, yeah. like yeah. above him. Yeah, That does sound, that, that's a good one too. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, let's move on to Ease Patience. Or what is the <laughs> item that you think... He's definitely not paying full price for. Uh, I put Mav's tab at the hard deck. That's mine. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd just quietly walk out, or he'd try to talk Jennifer Connelly into a payment plan. A payment plan. Okay, so yeah, we all had the same one. 
I put it was the beer at the hard deck. Yeah. Edgar would have suggested making a run to Sam's Club and giving them to the patrons rather than paying for the beer that she was going to charge. Because she was going to upcharge, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, the beer at the bar is more expensive. He's like, I'll just go buy some Michelob's at Sam's. <laughs> and everybody got their beer, and we saved some money. Oh, my God. I wrote down that he's going to take a closer look at the receipt and then check <laughs> and how make many, sure how many t- and make sure he's going to count. And he's going to walk around he's, the bar and gonna, make sure he's gonna everyone... Get, he's going to get Evan and Natalie to count everybody in yeah. the bar. I, he's like, Evan, count all the green bottles, and I need him, I need you to tell me how many <laughs> so hey, that you can tell some, me. Somebody's trying to sneak a second drink, and everybody's yeah. like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Hey, no. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then uh, he's going to check to see if it's, like, possibly happy hour. I love this. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. That's all my right. favorite one. <laughs> Let's do uh, Bees Vexing Issues. Any? Hey, we skipped a few, didn't we? Or oh, am I just out of order? No, I'm doing them out of order. Okay, oh, no, 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 no problem. Um, I only had one, really. Okay. And that's when all the Top Gun pilots show up at the hard deck. How do they not know Maverick? Maverick is somebody who they should know. This guy's a legend. A lot of people know about his exploits and everything. Mm. And they don't recognize his face. In fact, they toss him out of the place like he's a nobody. Hmm. Okay, they might not recognize his face. They might have recognized his name, the call sign. Because when he gets introduced, right, they say Maverick, Pete Maverick Mitchell, when he gets introduced to the class. And then they recognize, I think they recognize the name, the call sign. Mm -hmm. They don't recognize who he is. They've never met him. You know, his picture's on a wall somewhere. Could but be. they don't. They I just don't figured identify. that they had pictures of like all these legends on walls, and that all these kids, you know, yeah, going through they the academy. They didn't study they, it. Like they went to Top Gun school. You know what I mean? Like not everybody gets into that. So you'd figure these guys would know. Yeah, but Pete Mitchell. But but Maverick didn't climb the ranks. He stayed a captain, and he wasn't top of his class. People will remember the valedictorian more than the salutatorian. It's not something like I'm not, you know knocking points off the yeah. movie or anything like that. But it stood out. But it's just, it's the only thing that I was like, hmm, that's strange. My two vexing issues were, number one, the dogfight football, because I literally wrote down, <laughs> Don't this, worry about it, dude. I was like, is this a real thing? How does this work? It doesn't matter how it works. I, we're going to do it, though. We got to get not the, I'm telling understand. you, man. We get a group. There's no all way. All shirtless. It's not. <laughs> offense, defense, football. <clears throat> at the same time, I'm feeling it. Nice sunset coming down. It's not a real thing. Get somebody to bring a grill. It's not a real cook thing. It, get some steaks and sausages going. But it's not a real There was no cooking at the beach. Yeah. Hey, we'll get some on the, <laughs> on ours. Yeah. And then my other vexing issue was, did uh, Maverick ask for a trash can to be near the podium just so he could throw away the manual? Is that kind of a weird request? You know what? That's true. Why was there a trash can right there? <laughs> it's like, who a... sets up a stage? You're like, let's put a trash can next to the yeah, podium. No one would do that. <laughs> he literally probably just asked, and they might have asked him why. And it's like, this is for a dramatic effect. Just trust me. No one's going to notice that there's a trash can there. Yeah, that that was a strange choice. What he should have done was had an old school plane with a propeller running during the whole time, and he tosses it in that, and it shreds. You know? Yeah, because that'd make a lot of sense. Be. <laughs> uh, sir, why the why is the plane uh, in the back? Got Actually, the propeller going? they would be yelling. This is a safety hazard. <laughs> they would be yelling the whole time because you can't hear over the, <laughs> over the plane. Andy. Okay, so one of these has been talked about uh, ad nauseum, so we don't really have to talk about it. I'm just going to throw it out there. We don't have to discuss it. Throw it. Who was the enemy nation? 
Mm-hmm. They never say. They right. ne- I know. They never say. Intentionally. Yeah, mm-hmm. intentionally. It could be, you know, whoever. And I like that because it doesn't date the movie, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't it create be problems <clears throat> with other countries. Yeah. I imagine it's Panama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I read somewhere that, that there was a little bit of like North Korea or South, North Korea in so there. And, there's, there's a yeah. whole article online where they dissected and they were able to, they, they deduced who it was. Mm-hmm. You know, they used facts from the movie and just real world facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my other question and probably much more important was... Uh, how did Maverick ever let a woman as perfect as Penny get away? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's dumb, man. Because she she is gold. That woman. Mm-hmm. She's she's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She's a business owner. She knows how to uh, sail a boat. Hey, man. She, she drives must, a Porsche. She must do really well for she's herself. Got, she's driving a Porsche. Even no, though it's an that's, older one. That's but, from the divorce. Yeah, but also, <laughs> but also, uh, she's got a nice boat. If I looked up that boat. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a V or a J-121, something weird like that. And uh, if you look up the price on it, any anywhere it's for sale, you have to call to get the price. That's how much it Ooh. costs. They won't even list it. Yeah. And Dang. So the so, so point is that she's, you know, she does well for herself. Fun fact, <laughs> uh, her and Tom Cruise actually sailed that boat in San Francisco. Oh. That's nice. cool. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Did you have another vexing issue, Andy? No. That was it. the main... <laughs> I mean, Goodness. once once you're vexed by that last question, you know how he let her get away. Exactly. I, mean, I just want to say all that you think I'm, about everything else. Pales. I just want to say I'm so glad that these vexing issues that took like three minutes. Thank goodness, because usually it takes us hey, twenty a, minutes. It's a well-made movie, or yeah. maybe we're just not thinking or looking critically enough. But at least for us, that's what stood out. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, I've got on here next Jay's uh, Chef Kiss. It's probably Glenn Powell. I have Glenn Powell and Miles Teller playing shirtless beach football. For some reason, the mustache isn't a turnoff for the ladies. Yeah. The, the ones that if I have. If I grow a mustache, people throw a fit. Or me. Miles Teller yeah. has a mustache. and like, oh, God. The, he's handsome. The ones I have on here, because Jay's weird, aside from John Hamm. <laughs> aside, John Hamm is the top pick. If, if she told me Bob, uh, I'd be worried. <laughs> My second pick for her is Ed Harris. <laughs> if she said Ed Harris, we have an issue. And uh, number three is Hondo. I'd be okay with that. Yeah? Yeah. I could see her, you know, saying that that's the perfect man in, in the entire movie. I could see it. All right. What about Miji's style trial? Who's got who's got the best style here? Jennifer Connelly. You know what? I, that's what I wrote down, and I specifically put her sailing outfit. The yeah. Blue, the blue sweater with the with white the pants. With the white pants? Yeah. It oh, really dude! That was exactly what I had. <laughs> okay, for me, I had Maverick in the bomber jacket and sunglasses. That's a great look. It's a yeah. it's a great look. Yeah. Yep. yep, yep. I like it. Okay, alrighty then. And uh, do we have anything for Nisa's That's Not Funny, Honey? Um, the only I didn't have anything as clever as stuff I've had in the past, but I would say um, when Hangman talks about Rooster's dad, mm. makes a, a, a comment there. He makes it, yeah. That's probably like, a, that's not funny. Yeah, yep. I like that. That's pretty good. That's better than anything I had, which is nothing. <clears throat> okay, alrighty then. How about a moment in which Kay's laughing out loud? The beach oh. football scene. <laughs> he would That's be making inappropriate comments. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna make a noise of he's some kind. He's making noises, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I had a different one. I had when Jennifer Connelly leaves the door open for Maverick. Uh, I can, oh, I can that's see, perfect. I can see him going, "Woo! We know what's coming now." <laughs> 
<laughs> that is fantastic. Well, I had it literally as him laughing out loud, and it was when Maverick is being sassy about lowering the hard deck. Well, he's getting chewed out, and then he's like, you know, any changes have to be approved by me. Like lowering the hard deck, especially lowering the hard deck. And then, yeah. He hands him the, he hands the, him the, the request. Folder. Exactly. What's this? Request to lower the hard deck? <laughs> I could see him laughing out loud for that. All right, next on my list is uh, S's I'm losing it moment. There were so many in this movie. <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, the one I picked is when Maverick shows up on the radar. And they're like, who's that? And he's there to prove that the whole thing can be done. Okay. Yep. Okay. I have... That was my top pick for you, was his test run. That's right. The other two were when the mission is completed or when Hangman saves them. I had when Rooster comes back and saves Maverick. Mm. And he blows up the helicopter, right? It's, That's a good one, too. Maverick's about to be but shot. But even, even more so than that, because that one for me was a little predictable, but uh, Hangman showing up at the end. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Hangman final kill. was more predictable than Rooster. I didn't expect that when that happened in the movie. I expected Rooster. For me, it was. I always was like, knew. Of course, Hangman, it's going to be Hangman Rooster. Hangman was, you know, the next best pilot. He only didn't get picked because it's Rooster, and because you know he was selfish. So but he, he was. He's a better pilot yeah, than Rooster. He had yeah, to probably. do something. And he's on there. And earlier, he asked for permission yeah, to go in, yes. and he's like, he's ready to help. He's yeah. literally in the plane waiting to be. Yeah but, you, yeah, but you don't see him for like 15 minutes. I know, but that one didn't surprise me. I uh, knew he was going to save the day. I did not expect Rooster to come back. I for, thought Maverick for, was going to get out of that predicament some other way. Opposite mm, for me. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. See, I love these. I love all these different perspectives. That's awesome. All right. What Maverick about- could be dead, Andy. <laughs> Let's, love that perspective. Let's move on. Let's move on. Iris's uh, stretch your legs moment. Let's do that one. Didn't it change to I hate kids? It did, but... You change it back? We, we only change it back whenever there's not really any kids to hate in a movie. Okay, you know what I mean? Otherwise, sense. we got nothing. So uh, what would you say is a good stretch your legs moment? I had one for the I hate kids, so I'll let Andy go okay. do the stretch leg. Okay. There's not really a stretch your legs moment in this. I agree. Unless... You get bored during the dog fighting scene, and it's like, oh well, he's just beating all these people, I don't think and they're you doing can. push-ups, and it's like, I'm, I gotta uh-uh. go pee. I don't get no. bored by that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really a moment, especially it picks up even more after that. I really feel like, I think the slowest moment is him talking to Iceman, and that might be the best scene in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> true. No, but uh, there's no slow moment. If Andy, how would you feel about a person who says? That's the moment I want to get up and go pee. During Iceman? They say that's the, worst, that, they say that, that's that, the worst scene in the movie. Oh that my person God. doesn't know movies. Exactly. They should listen to this podcast yeah. so they can get educated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I had one for the I Hate Kids because I didn't know that we were switching it. Do it. Um, I would say that she gets mad at Penny's kid. What's her name? Amelia. Amelia. Mm-hmm. Because she's not at the sleepover she was supposed to be at. <laughs> and so she kind of, you know, she messes up the whole adult time that they yeah. were at and, and, and Tom Cruise's escape from the house. <laughs> if I had to If she had been at the sleepover, for... this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> but I, I, I like I like what she, that line was amazing by her when, she, when they're just looking at each other and she just says, just don't break her heart this time. Mm-hmm. Woo, man! So many good lines in this movie. If I had to pick one for that, I hate kids, it would be the kid in the diner who says Earth. Because she'd be like, oh, yeah. 
Yes, stupid. Of course it hurt. What city? <laughs> that was a dumb oh answer by the kid. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, just in case, I did have uh, an answer for both. My answer for I hate kids was also Amelia. And uh, yeah, it was probably like... When, but my thinking was whenever she says the line, just don't break her heart, mm-hmm. then she would be like, who asked you? You're a kid. <laughs> oh, and another thing. Tom Cruise has got to go out on the boat because she was studying for a test. Ah, that's true. How irresponsible is that? You're supposed to be there for your mama. That is true. Now, she's what? being responsible. She's studying for a test. That's a good kid. Okay. The boat's more important. The boat's more important than her education? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, it's because we didn't see the price of the boat. Steven actually called and got the price. She actually did Maverick a solid there because that's when they really start to bond. Right. Him and Penny again. Mm. At that point, they weren't close. It's on the sailboat. So props to Amelia for for getting getting them together. I do like Amelia. Funnily enough, though, I also put for her stretch her legs moment that it was basically the development we see between um, Maverick and Penny. I think that that's the kind of stuff that she's like, eh, eh. You, you know? know, depending on the person, if you're not really into, you know, that romantic angle, that is the moment. Yeah, when they're sailing or when they're together. Yeah. There is important character development that happens in those scenes, but uh, if she had to pick a time in the movie, it's probably that one. She doesn't want to miss the action. All right. Sally's uh, called it moment. Uh, I have here Maverick's going to pick Rooster as his wingman. Okay. And not Hangman. That's pretty good. I that's, like that. That's a good one. I have Hangman saves Rooster Maverick. Because to me, that was obvious. I have Maverick's not dead. When you think he is. That's, that's really true. obvious, though. Well. Like, every moviegoer has to know he's not going to die. But they, He's the title star. But it's they, Top Gun Maverick. Hey, 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 hey. They telegraph it heavy that this is his last mission. You said it. He has all these farewells. So they are wanting at least some viewers to think oh, yeah, that he's going to accept the theory with that his farewell gonna, at the beginning. Well, duh, because the theory <laughs> makes no sense. So you have you have the you have the movie literally telegraphing that he's going to die. And don't forget that this is a movie that's taking place 30, 30 plus years later and it could could be a passing of the torch, so to speak. You know, that type of movie too. So there are some viewers that would think he's actually dead. And Sully would call that he's not dead. Don't, I, don't. I, I like those. You guys came up with respect, good ones. Respected. <laughs> respected. Better respected. Okay. All right, then. And then... I think that's all of them, isn't no, it? No, 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 no. We saved the best for last. Andy's vacation spot. Ah. The answer is the beach at North Island. I assume they're still on North Island. That's I, where the bar is. Yeah. But that, that's the right call. That's a great spot to go hang out, play some shirtless, you know, no sense football. <laughs> I originally had the beach, but then I said I use that answer in the Jaws one, so I'm not going to use that again. Because okay. so put... Jaws is literally on an island. It's <laughs> yeah. all the beach. <laughs> uh, so I put here probably a house in the same neighborhood that Penny lives in. You know what? Her mm. house is pretty nice. Yeah. That's... But no, the answer is the beach. I literally wrote down Penny's home as an Airbnb, and Penny is included. <laughs> okay, that's the correct answer. <laughs> Penny's there. <laughs> hey, dude, she's way too old for you. Way well, too uh, old for you. Well... Is she? Yeah, you know, you know, she's in her fifties. Easy. Uh, okay. Well, because Maverick is sixty years old in this movie. <clears throat> and then the other answer that I had for Andy's vacation spot is the uh, snowy mountainous terrain in the enemy territory. 
that he can use to ski and snowshoe. No, he's not doing either <laughs> one of those. Yeah, I don't know either one of those. Wait, because it's skiing and snowshoeing or because it's enemy territory? Because it's cold. <laughs> and the only reason I reject that Jennifer Connelly thing is because Paul Bettany's a nice guy and I would not do that to him. Hey, that's, yeah, that's true. That is true. Oh, man. I'm not a homewrecker, Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. I love the hit it takes, guys. Me too. It's, it's so cool. I really do like it. All right, it's time for Last Looks. Let's, uh... Last Looks? Excuse well, me. Oh, yeah, we can name it Last Looks. I just... It's because that's a... That is a term, and it just comes to mind. I'm I sorry. like it. Let's I'm change sorry. it to Last Looks. We don't have to. It's Last Takes. It's time for our closing thoughts, guys. Is a sequel coming, do you think? I had a question for you guys. I wanted your serious opinion. Okay. Do you want a sequel to this? Or do you want to just leave it alone? I feel like it was so successful... And I feel like if they waited 30-something years to make this movie, and yet they made it even better than the original, mm-hmm. who's to say that they couldn't make another really good, solid film? In, even if it's not as good as this one, but what if they made a really good, solid film? You know, not even Tom Cruise wanted a sequel to happen. Yeah. It, it took some convincing, and it took, like, the right... I mean, all the pieces had to fall into place for this to happen, so... That's very tough. It is very tough. Because technically, you can make the argument that the first Top Gun doesn't need a sequel either. In fact, that was what people were saying when this one was announced. It's like, why make a sequel to this? Yeah. And yet, look what happened. If I remember correctly, I I had read the story and I can't remember who. I don't remember if it was Kaczynski or somebody pitched the idea to him. A long time ago. So, yeah, they, they they pitched the idea to him and... He had never heard an idea he liked for a sequel. He liked this one so much, he immediately then called the studio and said, Hey, we got to make Top Gun 2, because he had finally heard an idea he liked. So what I wrote down for this section was, as much as I enjoyed this movie and the characters, I don't want a sequel to the movie. I fear they'll ruin it. Mm-hmm. This movie was so, so good. It was it was perfect or near perfect and i only feel that way about one other movie that we'll eventually cover on the podcast i had that in my nose but i didn't want to say the name yeah we'll keep that a secret (laughs) so i hope they don't but they absolutely will they're already looking at ideas Mm -hmm. all these other guys are looking to get paid like tom cruise thinks legacy all the other people think paycheck you know the directors and the producers and the other characters the actors they think paycheck. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a big paycheck. Mm-hmm. And the movie made so much money, it is impossible they won't make a sequel. Except, if Tom Cruise really does have as much pull, like obviously he has a ton of pull. He has a lot. Because they could not get it released during the pandemic. He's an executive he producer no. on these movies. Yeah. He? Yeah, he is. Yeah. And you don't want to burn that bridge with Tom Cruise. So if... Unless he's the one that puts his foot down and says there's not going to be another one, there won't be another one. Mm-hmm. But there will be another one because there's too much money at stake for everybody. My, my thoughts almost mirror your own. Um, I don't want a sequel, but if one is made with Tom Cruise's approval, then I'm optimistic that it's going to work. Because he cares enough about this character and like you know the stories that he's told. That he's not going to want to fumble it with something that he knows is going to be subpar. And the projects that he's made, I mean, mostly they've been Mission Impossible movies, but he takes good care of them. He makes sure that they yeah. end up good movies. He doesn't he doesn't make stinkers. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's another good point uh, as to why there will be another one. 
because when you look at his his movie choices over the last 20 years he doesn't make like dramas or he has like a type of movie now and i feel like he found his lane this is like this is who i am now Back yeah. in the day, I was more of a dramatic actor, you know, with a few good men and all that. And then yeah. I got into like the more interesting stuff. And this is and what he I'm, likes to do. This is what I do. These are the the directors he attaches himself to: Christopher McQuarrie, and you know, Brad Bird. Right? Yeah, did uh, one of did the, the Ghost the Protocol. Ghost yeah. Protocol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's found his 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 uh, his lane, his niche. You know, for movies, and so he's not gonna do, you know, a, a drama anytime soon i don't think as long as his body allows him to he's going to keep making action movies so there's a really high probability that he does another top gun movie yeah i could see it i could see it happening but he cares so much that it'll be good title top gun rooster no it's going to be top gun ace ace because he's an ace after having five kills yeah they do mention that i don't like that i don't i don't 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 like it either but that's what it's going to be Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, that just inspired me for uh, an idea for what that could be. Go for it. I gotta find it here. Oh man, is this gonna be a joke? What if no. it's Top Gun Stick Jockey? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Final scores for the movie: Top Gun Earth Bulge. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Final scores for the movie. <clears throat> My final score for this movie is a nine point five out of ten. Nine point six out of ten. If we're doing numerical, nine point eight. I like all your answers. Near perfect. Yeah. Well, this is this is a always a great discussion to have with you guys, and whenever we get to discuss great movies as well, I mean, it just makes it even better. So, I mean, uh, I know that we talked about a lot, and for our listeners out there, you've listened to us talk about a lot, but we hope it was enjoyable. Um, We always want to welcome you guys into the group, our group discussion. Do we want to tell everybody what's coming up next? Because our next one's pretty special. It is pretty special. Tell them what we're doing. It's going to be long. (laughs) It's going to be long. And heated. It's going to be heated. Yeah, uh, it may be the last time I talk to Andy for a long time. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we're gonna have to go on hiatus for a while because it's gonna uh, tensions it's very divisive. Tensions will run high. It's Somebody gonna be, might die. It's gonna be the debate of the century, probably, because I'm gonna our, need an ice pack. Our next episode, we will be discussing Captain America: Civil War. Ooh. And it's going to be a civil war in here, isn't it? Yeah. There's going to be uh, some additional guests here on the podcast. It's going to be the most loaded podcast we've done. Exactly. Uh, A lot of voices on that one. Uh, The point is, listeners, stay tuned because we've got a lot of exciting stuff for you. And with that, we're signing off. And...